Welcome to the Defense and Aerospace Report. I'm Vaga Maradian. This podcast version of our interview is brought to you by L3 Technologies. Welcome to the Defense and Aerospace Report. I'm Vaga Maradian here at the Farnborough International Air Show, about 30 miles southwest of London, where we are covering this incredible air show, one of the world's most important, with leaders, defense, military, and industry leaders, and aircraft from all around the world on this the 100th anniversary commemoration of the birth of the Royal Air Force, the world's first independent Air Force. Our coverage here is sponsored by Leonardo DRS and Farnborough International, and we're here at the Saab enclosure to talk to Magnus Lewis Olsen, uh, who is the head of marketing for Saab in all of uh, Europe and a former Swedish Air Force pilot and experimental test pilot, because uh, it is one of the coolest pins you're ever gonna see. And anybody you see wearing that pin, you're like, uh, you know, they're, they're okay. Magnus, it's a pleasure seeing you. Uh, we were uh, in Paris when uh, the Gripen E made its first flight. Yeah. Uh, you gave a resounding endorsement of it. We've talked a couple of times since. Bring us up to speed because now you guys are really in yeah. doing supersonic tests, supersonic tests with weapons on it. There's a modified uh, D model Gripen also that you're using in tandem on the development program. Bring us up to speed on some of the tests you guys are doing. Yeah, the, the modified D model we had from the start, that's the demo aircraft. But that demo aircraft is now getting more and more capabilities. So that's parallel to the Gripen E testing. So the proper Gripen E is going ahead, but parallel to that, we use the other test aircraft to test the functionality. They, uh, I wish I could say I, but they did some test flying over the weekend, long sorties. I think they flew something like nine sorties over the, uh, the weekend and um, I think we're really pushing now. It's still, still too. It's we're still in this sort of envelope expansion part of it. Uh, there's still big things coming when it comes to a cockpit avionics. We got the aircraft number nine and ten coming out later this year, early next year. And of course, with every aircraft, it's it's, it's not just incremental. Then, well, you know, flight testing. The, the aircraft will be more and more close to the operational aircraft. So, yeah, it's going well. And, and you guys are uh, moving uh, ahead of schedule, at schedule. Where, how would you characterize the progress you're making and the speed you're making it on? Well, I think it's uh, when it comes to aircraft testing and bragging has no place. We are on schedule. Some things we're ahead, some things we're behind. So I would say that we are, we're pretty much on schedule and we're pushing hard. Um, let me ask you about all of the systems that you guys have on display here. I mean, you've always prided, your, prided yourself that the jet can carry just about anything anybody yeah. on the planet makes and integrate it with some pretty quick speed in, in general. Talk to us about what you're trying to demonstrate here in terms of what you guys have on the stand. Well, without going into details on the, obviously it's a, it's a wide array of, uh, of different munitions and that has to do really to, to reflect what some of the uh, potential customers that we are currently uh, looking at selling the aircraft to have asked for so we have uh, brimstone and spear and we got Israeli weapons we got on the other we got the uh, 9x ASRAM so it's, it's but what you see on the aircraft hanging on the aircraft is already integrated so it's everything from the ADART to the Meteor I think Meteor it has, it has its place to brag a bit because the air, the missile is fantastic and although many have tried, it's still only integrated on one aircraft, and that's the Gripen. And we see the tremendous sort of step change that missile brings to the table. But then it's the new RBS-15, the Gungnir, which is it's also a big step in our anti-ship capability, because long distance, much smarter, but still carrying the same punch. 
On the other side, you will find some of the other weapons that are more customer-related. Well, and you have Taurus also, which is another key yeah. uh, German-Swedish program in order to be able to give the Swede Swedish Air Force that kind of long-range punch uh, that has been discussed for so long and so important, particularly in a Baltic counter-air uh, environment. Well, when it comes to Taurus, I mean, that's a combined program between Saab and MBDA. And uh, we are proud to showcase it. We want it to be in as many aircraft as possible. Swedish Air Force, we've flown it with it in Sweden, but it's still not an operational missile in the Swedish Air Force, but in other air forces, so that's why it's here. Um, and uh, talk to us a little bit about um, the customer set. Uh, there are some competitions uh, that, uh, for example, India, uh, you guys are working that very, very hard. Uh, we hear some positive uh, reports, uh, even from some of your competitors, that uh, uh, your, your product is attractive there. Walk us through the markets, you know, and also where you are on uh, Brazil. Obviously, that was the launch customer for the aircraft, and you guys are working hard to satisfy that order as well as the Swedish Air Force order. Well, let's start with the uh, the customers we got for Gripen E. Both Sweden and Brazil are going, I mean, really well. So, uh, and and our relationship to both customers is fantastic. If we look further on, then, if we look into maybe India, Finland, Switzerland, those are the targets that we target for for Gripen E. India is. It's a large country, it's a massive deal. It's more than just having the best aircraft and the best price, it, it's got to do with politics. Sweden is a small country, but I still think that it is a, uh, it's an attractive offer for, uh, for India, because you can get a lot of punch, a lot of aircraft. And uh, when it comes to Finland, of course, that's the HX pro project. And uh, we're not taking anything for granted. They're our neighbors, but we want to do the best for Finland. And it's looking good, but it's looking good for other aircraft as well. So let's not get ahead of ourselves. Switzerland, we feel we won once. It'd be nice to win again. That's right, because uh, it went to that national referendum and, and stopped the last time around. Uh, and, and obviously, that's uh, game on again. Um, when it comes to technology sharing, um, Swedish industry has always prided itself on being able to do that. India is one market that has, and Brazil as well, where you get into a sophisticated market that they want a lot of technology, a lot of exchange, and not just on sort of build to print, but actually no, no, get no. deep into it and yeah. work on radar, EW systems, and, and the like. Talk to us in as specific as you can afford to get what, what's the approach you guys use to try to uh, work with a customer like that, knowing that there are proprietary things you can't share, but building it in a way where you can exchange as much technology as possible? Well, obviously, I can't afford to talk a lot about a lot of it, but when it comes to India, it was a given from the beginning. You, we need to share technology. We have to have technology transfer. We need to do things together with the Indians. And, and we, I think we can go further than most. We have the technology. We know how to share it. We, we, we can build in India. We can work with the Indians. So we, there's no hang-ups there. So, and, and I think we've shown that in other countries. And I, I'm pretty sure that the Brazilians are very happy where we are with the program and how, how we do that together. And uh, different customers, different requirements. Uh, some countries might not need or want technology. They, they want to buy a, a finished product. Other countries want to to share and India is one of them and, and we don't we don't have a problem with it. Um, let me ask you one last question which is the fundamental architecture of the jet at a time when people are talking about open architectures what I thought was really really compelling was years ago when I got the first brief in Lin Shoping yeah. on the aircraft was that effectively it's an iPad 
And users get a tool set in order to be able to build apps that are mission specific, uh, system specific, and that the aircraft is built with basically 20 software downloads over its life. Talk to us about the architectural philosophy of this airplane that makes it very, very different. I'm not trying to do marketing for you, so full disclosure, yeah. Saab is not sponsoring this segment. No. But I thought that that approach was a, was a fascinating approach that differentiates. Yeah, I, st I still think that that is one of the, one of the key elements. If you, if you think of, you shouldn't think of it as an iPad, but you, we compartmentalize the flight safety. I've been a test pilot long enough to know that if you're going to make a small change to an aircraft, there's never a small. There's never such a thing like, oh, we didn't touch the flight control system. You still have to test. But here, we're going to compartmentalize flight control system. Anything that has to go do your flight safety. So if you're not touching that, which normally you don't in a mission upgrade, you can go ahead and in introduce mission software into the aircraft with minimal testing and and though that mission software could be in the form of apps you could even imagine a, a, a country you could at a farm or in a few years we might have a competition and say you know anyone write an app and we'll introduce it to the simulator here and now or even the aircraft and we fly it the idea is of course for the, the user community to create their own to be able to have own the fighter, own the, the mission themselves, without touching basic things like weapons integration, flight control, high angle of attack, uh, G limitation, and that should be compartmentalized. You don't touch that. But if you want to show your uh, navigational polygon in uh, red instead of green, you know, or if you want to show something, uh, a different way of showing your launch parameter for a missile, then that should be available, and that should be as an app. And then you guys also have this segmented into like, well, it, it is 20 or 22, I can't remember the number, of sort of software upgrades over its life that it's designed to basically be as uh, economical as possible for well, the owner to upgrade the computer systems, or, well, or the we mission systems. We decided how many software, but if you look at the Gripen CD, which is slightly I mean, Gripen E is another step into this with apps and all that, but Gripen CD is now on its, on its weapon system number 20. So instead of waiting for an ML, MLU and have 15 years where you're under the curve, you sort of stay on the curve or slightly above it all the time. And the little periods where you're up, it's short. So we're on uh, software edition 20 there. And as we get into uh, E, of course, it'll be the same. I can't say now, but maybe two years between the different software up updates. So, so that's that's the plan. Um, and, and let me ask you one last question about FCAS. Uh, big announcement, obviously, yesterday when the show opened. Uh, on, on the Monday opening of the show, the uh, Prime Minister, uh, Theresa May, and Gavin Williamson, the Defense Secretary, as well as the Chief of Air Staff, Sir uh, Air Chief Marshal, Sir Stephen Hillier, sort of rolled out the FCAS strategy, the Future Combat Air Strategy. Um, talk to us about how you could potentially play in that. There's been a lot of discussion that you would work with BAE Systems on uh, the air portion of this. Uh, Tom Enders, who we just talked to, the CEO of Airbus, has talked about how every nation in Europe can come together and develop this system uh, as, as a regional capability. Talk to us a little bit about the role that you think, you know, while Saab is not one of the biggest companies, you guys do have tremendous area of excellence, and there aren't any company of your size able to develop an airplane as sophisticated as a Gripen. What role do you see Saab playing in this, in this, in this new endeavor 
and the role perhaps you can play as a bridge to even a Franco-German program in the future, for example? Well, obviously, it's too early, and I would never dream of making comments about what we're going to do. But if you put it in the context that there's not many new aircraft being built in the world today, fighters, in Europe, there are none, really. As you could say F-35, Gripen-E. So we, we are, we're on the cusp of technology. We're also involved in the TX. So the two new aircraft we're involved in, we, I think it's a statement of that we like building aircraft. And, uh, of course, we want to be... I, I both think we want to be in any new product, like FCAS or whatever it is, but I also think that we have something to bring to the table. There's no one else that can build a fighter right now. So... I think I think we we're welcome, but how we, what our share or what our part is too early. But of course, we want we want to be part of it, particularly if we're building fighters in Europe. Magnus Lewis Olsen, the head of marketing for Europe for Saab. Sir, it's always a pleasure. Great to see you. And uh, and uh, look forward to getting to Linköping and actually getting to see and smell the airplane in person. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good. It's a good smell. <laughs>